0: Hello everyone, just before we get into the episode I just want to thank my three partners because without them I wouldn't be able to do this. They're three great companies in our space, I really enjoy working with them. So thank you DDC, Outsourcing Solutions, Evaluagent and Onecom. Now on with the episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Out of Wrapped. Today, I'm really pleased to say I'm joined by Stephen Miller, who is the Resource and Capacity Manager at Benenden Health. He is a WFM expert and multiple award winner. And we talked about doing this podcast whilst I was sat next to Stephen the night he got his award. This time I can say I haven't had any red wine. So this should be a great conversation. Steve, welcome.
1: Thanks a lot. An introduction, Martin. Thank you for that multi award winner. I like it. You can come again. But yeah, I yeah, I also haven't had red wine with too copious amounts of red wine, especially after winning that award. Because I wasn't up for an award. I guess we'll talk about some awards later because it's award season. I just got up on like they dragged me on stage and gave me an award. So I was like so it was completely
0: unexpected. I would have reined in the red wine a little bit before then, <laughs> No, come on. I think it loosened it. That that's the kind of surprise you like, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I'd I'd kind of the like the resource
1: planner awards, which obviously if you're a resource planner is one that you want to win. And I actually I'd messaged my wife and I was like, Do you know what? This time next year at this award ceremony, I want to be winning that award. And then twenty minutes later I messaged her and went, I've just won an award. Which is just amazing. So she's like, Wow. It's like you manifested it really quickly.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just about kind of hard work, thinking positive and at some point you're going to get you're going to get recognized and that is that is brilliant and we'll talk about the kind of support functions and how it feels like and correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like they're finally getting not just necessarily in awards but they're finally getting the recognition about how important they are to the overall functioning of the contact center whereas you know i can i can think back to when i was in ops support functions wfm and the like didn't necessarily get much kudos recognition you know that kind of and thankfully through places like the forum where you got your award that's more and more become apparent that this is a real skill set this is a skill set that we absolutely need to function and let's recognize them do you get that sense absolutely and i think Gone are the days where like
1: your planners and your specifically kind of resource planners, your analysts were sort of sat there in a room, maybe it's often in the corner of the contact center with an Excel spreadsheet, head down, never looking up and out. And it's like, they did great work then. And. Awards and community stuff and some of the great stuff that you're doing, like team leader community, it's a real opportunity to be able to shout about the work that you're doing, to showcase the work, because planners are brilliant. Um, I, heard, I heard a saying said, contact center-wise, where not all superheroes wear capes, but they do wear headsets. Yeah. Thought, that was amazing for the guys on the phone. They are superheroes, but for me, I kind of take it like, Everybody in planning is the superhero of Ox. They bring know. it over the line, and they're elect, they look to the future. They're delivering all the day, and they're report reporting what happened. The awards, me, you had Jackie Pringle on a, a, a couple of weeks ago. UK National Contact Centre Awards, the Forum Awards and the Northeast Regional Awards near to to where I'm based. It's just a great opportunity to showcase all of the great work across the industry, not just in planning, but just in everything. And I think every year, I think Jackie said this, they're just adding more and more categories to those awards as well. So kind of almost one of my tips is put yourself out there. You just, just don't know. You may sit there in isolation and think, am I doing good work or not? I bet you are. Put it down on paper and send it in. And you let the judges decide whether it's award-winning or not because you might just win. And yeah. even, even getting to the point of being shortlisted is just an incredible thing. And so many people don't put themselves for it. And
0: I really think you should. I couldn't agree more because I think there's a, it, this is a, the epitome of there's no, there's no bad outcome here because if you, if you put yourself out there and go through it, naturally the first thing you're going to get is a sense of benchmarking and and feedback so let's say you don't get shortlisted fine why not what what sets the others apart from you and you can then get them listed and go right these are the areas me or my team are going to work on you get shortlisted great you go forward and you win something great so there's no bad outcome these are definitely things like you say put get get out there, take, because no one is, unless you get nominated by someone else and you don't know about it, there's nothing wrong with, like you say, taking a step forward and going, let's go for this. Let's absolutely go for this.
1: I, I, absolutely. And, and, and do you know, that the bit that I really like, it's like, it's not even the validation across the industry from like other call center people, other planners. Actually, it's an opportunity to showcase what you've done within your own organization. It's like a big shout out. To your stakeholders in the business that i know what i'm doing i know what i'm talking about you know i've been shortlisted it's a national it, it's a national thing it's like so listen to us and kind of planners need to have a seat at as many tables within the organization as possible to try and influence a, a, a lot of a lot of the decision making i mean that's that, that's nothing groundbreaking but if you go in like an award nominee or an award winner it's like almost like the kudos within your own organization, not just externally, is really important as well.
0: Now I've got images of fun. you. Now I've got images of you turning up to internal meetings with both awards and just putting them on the table before you start. Yeah, done, done. <laughs> I did. I did hear a story about a
1: friend of mine, a great planner Scott Doherty, and when he went for an interview. He put his awards behind him, a bit like I am now. And he had the award here, and an the award there, and an the award there. And it was like, well, when I won my award, it's like that's just, nice. Yeah, it's great. That's nice.
0: That's clever. Now, you didn't start in the industry being given an award on day one. Where did day one start? What What's your? How have you got to this point now? Do you know, since Since you asked me to kindly come on this,
1: I, can't, I can't, I've 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 been reflecting on that and like the crossroads of like your life and I absolutely did not know what I wanted to do and I bet you didn't Martin it's like you just kind of stumble upon this 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 career so I kind of started off university I lived in a small town and I went to the University of Salford and I did business studies and it was like a broad thing I want to live in the bright lights of the city when I graduated I was like "Well, what am I going to do now like I still want to live like a student life I didn't want any responsibilities so I did house shares, and I remember it clearly. Summer of summer of two thousand, I just went, went to a recruitment agency. It was Reed Recruitment Agency on King Street in Manchester, and I remember the name. She was called Vanessa, and she was like, "Right, yeah, can get you a job. Fit, like, fill out this form, do this little punctuality t- t- test." And I was like, "Right, right, right." It was done, and she said, "Interview this afternoon to start tomorrow," and I was like, "Okay." So I went along and it was what I now know was like an outsourced contact center um, called Broad Systems, York Street in Manchester. It's not, not there now. And it was a great, great organization, great starting point, but literally we got the job and it was like brand new contract, 30 agents all sat around. And it was, it, was a, it was a well-known high street retailer. We were dipping the toe in the broadband market in 2000. And we were all trained up to take calls and there weren't any... For like four weeks, it's like <laughs> you're like as an agent, you'd average like two calls a week, and it was like wow. That quickly changed within the organisation. They were like, right, we've got this pot of resource here. We'll just put them one there, one there, one there on on on, on all, all the other contracts, and that was my starting point. So literally, I think if you talk to people who in call settings like everybody started on the phones, didn't they? Yeah. You start on the phones and then you gravitate towards what interests you if you remain in the call center world.
0: Many people join and drop off, but some people are kind of lifers. That that start point, I'm just smiling here because that kind of go in, interview, start the next day on the phone. It's like this kind of whirlwind, and before you know it, you're you're talking to customers. But the other thing that made me laugh is. I worked as an, I worked in the, in an outsource at this point I was contact center manager and we got, a, we got, it was like a campaign that had landed a client had had a misstep with data and they were looking to do a redress. So they offered to all of their customers, this service, we had to quickly spin up like a hundred new agents. So we did it within a week and I can remember they were going, right, we're going to go live and it's we're going to get flooded. We are going to get flooded. And it was like a countdown. Five, okay, everybody ready? Two, one, nothing. And there was, like you said, nothing for weeks. (laughs) I was thinking, oh, we had so much time. We had so much time. But again, maybe it's interesting because that is that first kind of exposure for you without even knowing it of... Someone somewhere was planning where that resource is going to be best suited. Yeah, Absolutely. Someone somewhere had, had call projections
1: based on what the business thought would, would would happen, right? And I mean, they're nowhere near the broadband market now, so I think they quickly learned no. And there was talk of massive advertising campaign and I just I just never saw it. So yeah, we were sat around and if it was my first introduction almost to planning, because they'd have looked at it and gone, we're getting battered over here on this line. Was actually the Millennium Dome ticket line for like yeah, a supermarket offer. So I'd gone from like two calls a week, every sat round, having a laugh, like, you know, brilliant. Yeah. And then bang to like, there was, a, there was like 400 calls in the queue for this. It was like a call after call after call after call, credit card, credit card, credit card. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it was like proper deep end stuff. And then, then, then I it, I like, I look oh, back, I, think, I look yeah. back and think nostalgic and all that. But It it, it was
0: just, it was just a great time. And what did you do? Did you, what was there a point when you thought I'm, I can have a career here? Well, within that organization,
1: I kind of like crossroads thing within that organization where I sat, I sat near like a sailed area team and what they were doing, and I didn't really understand it at the time. What they were doing is they were showcasing like an early web chat Um and Clients will come in and go, this is what we can offer. We've got web chat. And they were putting on demonstrations of how web chat would work. And I got talking to him and he's like, would you be interested in kind of coming and just doing a little bit in my team and helping me talk to clients and do some of the demonstrations? So almost an early exposure to some sales as well, where I was just there and I'm playing the part of either a customer or an agent on web chat. And it was like, wow, oh God, it's like a text message type thing. And then I can, I, I did... I did more of that, and I moved. I moved into that role, so we did kind of more more sales based things. So almost it was like the proximity of where I was sat afforded yeah. me an opportunity to almost open the doors and go. Well, it's not just about just being on the phone. And actually, there's an industry here, like early sales. We'd, I'm obviously not in sales now, but kind of that did open there. There's career opportunities within yeah. the industry.
0: And then, then what happened? Where did you go from there?
1: I did that. I, w- I, worked, I worked the Broad system for, for, for a few years, um, but I was kind of, I was, and I'd lived in Manchester for like, it was like six years at the time. I wanted to see the world. I've, I've, I've always had an interest in traveling. So I just started, I started saving up and I moved to a different call center. I worked on the phones. Again, a lot of overtime. I was Learn direct, which was the National Careers Advice Line. And we were to remember the gremlins back in the day where a gremlin would follow you up the street and it, it was like you were internally worried about whether you can read and write and spell and you could, oh, no, the Kremlins, put yourself on a course. It was taking calls about that. And that was my first exposure to how you, it will be really quiet and then a TV advert will go out and there's 200 calls in the queue, just like that. And yeah. you know, TV advert's gone out, right? So but again, it was like ooh, planning. Someone sat there and has seen that and has planned the staff around that. They, You never saw their, they were sat in that room that, that I mentioned. And then I, I, I went traveling, Martin, pretty much 18 months. I went around the world oh, yes. and I got, I, I scratched that itch and I came back completely skinned. I needed, I needed a job basically. And it's like, well, what, what do you know? And there was an opportunity at the local council near to me where I was living, North Yorkshire County Council. And that was the start of what I would class as the proper call center career. I spent 13 years there and I joined as an agent this is in this was in 2007, and then within a couple of days, circumstances changed, and they needed they needed a new team leader. So it was a brand new call center, brand new set of agents. No one had taken any calls. Brand new services. There was a lot of conflict because the existing people who used to do the job they were they, they they were moved out, and then they had these people taking calls for the council. All of a sudden, new systems. It was just I look back and I think what an absolute whirlwind. That was back in 2007, but again, it was all new and it was fun times. So that was the start of that was the start of my proper 13 years worth of career working under someone called Sarah Foley, who I introduced you to her last last year when we when, when we met. Yeah, inspiring leader, done great work. She's still there, and and I owe a lot of my career to Sarah. So yeah, so a shout out to Sarah
0: Foley. There's a, there's a lot there that I I love that just. The, you, the startup the kind of that kind of everyday you've got you can get opportunities that you didn't expect challenges that you didn't expect and navigating your way through all of them in a fast-paced environment so many people are going to resonate with that you know that kind of experience and you you either thrive in it and it becomes a bit addictive or you think oh this this isn't for me it's so so hectic and i think the key there as you mentioned is is a is a leader who inspires you a leader who you can point to you know for you you mentioned sarah for me i've got several people in my in my past where i think they were my like a a lighthouse you know and and they noticed me and they they worked with me on you know, look, look at all this opportunity around you. What do you want to do? Where do you want to go? So at what point did you start going down the planning path? Yeah. So just, just on this,
1: the this, this era thing as well, we, a very talented guy called John Kelly who worked there and we look at the opportunity. I do start out, he's now chief data officer for HM treasury. So he started out there. So it's like, we we're a little bit of a startup really but we had great talented people and we worked under Sarah and I look at look at what he's gone off and done like he spent 14 years at the council as well and then he's 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 moved on to a massive rock and he's and, and he's doing re- really good things I was a team leader and I did I, I, I need to shout your community out just on that team leader bit because I was fresh into doing a team leader I'd been an agent and I'd seen what team leaders had done but I hadn't actually done the team leader bit myself and i I did the team leader role for four years, but it was all it was all self taught. There was no real community yeah. out there. The community that you've built for team leaders now would just have been incredible. Just the ability to be able to tap in to that resource and go, "Am I doing this right? Am I doing a good yeah. job?" You do it in this situation, and you've got a TV channel every Tuesday for for, for the team leader. It's just, it, it's just that would have been incredible. But back in two thousand and seven, we did we, we didn't have that, so it was kind of He was doing that team leader role with a brand
0: as I say, a brand new set of advisors doing a brand new set of services. So Well, I thank you for that. And that's we we had similar experiences. That's what stuck with me ever since. And that's why I did it was you're kind of on the hot you're on the fly. You know, you're kind of relying a lot on instinct and what you've seen others do, leaning now on a you know, you'd lean on policy and think, right, what's the best way to navigate this? I'll give this a go. And it would be it would have been great to be able to to sense check it, but building building a team at North Yorkshire Council then, and like you say, seeing people go on to do great things, you've gone on to do great things, and I I guess that's something as well that's often overlooked. You know, you you could be sat, you could all go on to have great careers. You could be sat amongst people right now who you'll look back on and go, "Wow, we we worked together," and now look at them, and and now look at me, and so you were team leader for how long did you say? Four years? Four years,
1: four years and kind of part of that, the, the center didn't really have any planning function. It was an advisor doing schedules on an, on Excel just by giving like, have a couple of hours and do build a schedule for us because they had Excel skills. We didn't have a WFM. Then we did get a WFM, bought one, wasn't in the cloud. It was expensive, and we didn't get the updates that we needed, and blah blah blah. But there was no one doing the traditional planning function. Kind of, I kind of got a bit interested in the out of necessity, the real time management part. It was the juggling of the balls. And I've seen the kind of the, your your team leader work where you were at the expo when you had people throwing the balls at you, and it was like, can you catch them? And which one, which ones do you prioritize? I think that helped build my skill set to manage the real time. Again, it was kind of just the, the ball juggling, what moves where at what time and what, what would make a crucial difference to that overall green service level that is on that wallboard above us. <laughs> and I started to kind of really enjoy that. And then I looked into the principles of your forecasting and doing the reporting. And it just started to grow and it come too much. I was doing the team leader role and the planning role and we we, we couldn't do it all. And um, so eventually I gave up the team leader responsibility and had my own kind of I was the planning team Um, and eventually got a new WFM, got new planners into the team. And I was totally self-taught in planning. No one telling me what to do. I think in that period, I think call center helper just became my best friend. Like like, I'd read something about occupancy and be like, what's that? Like, what is adherence and what is benchmarking? And you kind of just researching all of these kind of just general planning terms that you have that I just, I I didn't know. I had to learn them and started to bring them into the center. So we went from nothing and I built that
0: planning team up for your proper traditional resource planning cycle. How did, for those people that are listening, maybe that kind of, I love this kind of going out, teaching yourself, but there must have been moments where people are coming to you as the single point of success or failure, right? At that point, they're coming to you. They're asking you questions. How did you manage that? What were those feelings like? How did you manage that kind of responsibility? It's interesting you mentioned feelings.
1: At the beginning, when you are self-taught, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, there's someone to go and ask about the forecast. Someone like, we never had a forecast before. And then it's like, why are we hitting forecasts? And you're like, I know, but we didn't have a forecast last week. The, the feelings to, to begin with, refined. Yeah. it's like, God, like you've got stakeholders coming, c- coming to you, but it's like, you've got to front up to that. You've got to, you know, fake it till you make it a little bit. You've got to kind of part of being a planner. I think these days is your communication skills. He's like, as I say, we're not just sat with Excel anymore. It's about going out there and having those conversations, overcoming the fears, the questions, the objections. Until actually, you really do get to the point where you do know what you're talking about and you can influence, not only answer the stake, but be able to influence those stakeholders. But to begin
0: with, yeah, terrifying. I love that though. So as your knowledge increases and as your experience increases, not just answering, but influencing, what a lovely phrase. I love that. Did you start then to, the the growth of the operation is reflected in the growth of your team or yeah,
1: so it 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 got to the point where I think when I left there was there was there were four heads really probably three three and a half. FTW. we 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 had an ad- advisor coming and helping us half day. It kind of it's pro- progression planning really, just in case. And anybody left, probably had about six or seven planners in the eight years that that that, that I was there. Um, I was very fortunate to have a um, couple of couple of great planners. One of them's still there. And Jonathan Brand doing doing great work and a rock star analyst to coin a Sarah Thompson phrase from a previous get out of rap doing great work. I was fortunate and I'm fortunate now where where I'm working to have great people that report into me. But I can I don't I don't I don't like that hierarchical. It's like we're in we're in it together as a team. I'm a big champion of the small planning teams. You've got to work together. Almost everybody's got to have a little bit of everybody's role, even if that's someone stepping into like my role and trying to influence, influence the stakeholders. Yeah, you know, I've been very fortunate within the team
0: of the people that I've had working, working with me. Now, your career kind of matches what I think everyone that knows our industry would say has been an increase in complexity, both from channels, technology, technology, Customer expectations, tightening of budgets—you know—you look at all of these things. That that has definitely got and I, and I and I always think, you know, from my from my point of view, the more I understood about what planners and WFM teams do, the more impressed I was. Just in terms of what, my God, I I couldn't even begin to do what you do. Have you seen that kind of? Has the job got harder, and how how have teams evolved to, to to be able to not only cope but also to, like you say, influence and help and lead to growth? Yeah, yeah. I think I don't see it.
1: I don't see it almost as getting harder. It's a bit like someone asks you, like, when you're a new parent, it's all it must be hard, and it's like I've got it, it, almost teenager it, now, and it's yeah. like it's not. It's not any harder or easier. I feel like just problems have changed and the issues have changed and the things that you need to solve have changed. So back in 2008, it was a financial crash and I was working for a council and just austerity was there for like six years. And it was, was, we've got to take things out of the contact center. We've got to reduce the contact. You've got to self-serve. But that fell in line with the evolution of channel migration. So more things went online and we introduced... We introduced web chat and all that was under a, uh, well, these are efficiency savings and what will it gain us? So it came from the delivery of that to actually stopping that changing the channel, but then doing the reporting of, well, how is that changing? How, how, how is, how are we influencing the customers to take a different channel to ultimately save money? And the challenges around that were different. The biggest evolution I see from planners is that whole, you've now got to put yourself out there. And you've got to talk to people and your communication and your presentation skills. You've got to tell a story to to influence people where you want them to go. And almost a lot of the things that we talk about is complex, right? It's like Mm -hmm. in about percentage shifts and things, you've got to dumb it down a little bit for the audience to help them understand, get, get to the end point of where you want them to get to. And that's that's an evolution of the skills that a planner has needed for me. That's what I'd seen Cause when I started that i could couldn't tell a story with data, like data's massive now, isn't it? And now the next space is a i with your data. It's like yeah the 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 the
0: evolution just means that it's a different set of problems. I'm still in touch with people who will quite openly say I was a nightmare they in the w f m team, and they will quite openly say I was a bit of a nightmare, I was leading ops at the time and that i was smiling then when you were saying about dumbing it down because they used to talk about how like internally they'll talk about how we're going to explain this to martin because i would just sort of i would just sort of zone out a bit and go just i i don't know what you're talk- just tell me what the end of this part is like what what do you want for me what am i doing wrong you know i was i was malleable let's say in terms of look you tell me where i'm going wrong what i need to do different i don't need all that bit that leads up to it and and but for other leaders that they were talking to they did need that level of data like i trusted these guys inherently and was just like look you guys are experts tell tell me what to do that's fine and we'll we'll find out if and if i don't if i think oh can i do this can i do that for me that was the way it should be you know it was it was us working together use, utilizing the planning team skills and expertise to be able to deliver what we needed to deliver without me making their life a misery. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. you you learn to get to know your internal stakeholders, of who wants what and who understands what, and who just wants to watch we do. And it sounds like you're, what should we do? Right, let's do it. And then you, as the planner, you kind of live or die by, by, by that decision. Sometimes your, your audience and sometimes you get it wrong. I remember, I remember a counselor coming in and they were talking about, well, how, 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 does it work? And I kind of really dumbed it down. He was like, I used to work in planning. I was like, all right then. Okay. Then right adherence occupants. Here. Yeah. Like, and we're like, oh, we're, 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 there or we're, we're going to go up a few levels. And so you've got to, you've got to read the room. You've got to read the stakeholder. The longer that you are at an organization, you tend to know what, what people need, what they require. Um, for their decisions and because the, they've got stakeholders they've got people that they they need to manage upwards as well they'll take your information and and, and, and manage it up oh. so
0: you'd been at the council 13 14 years something yeah, like that yeah 13 years yeah and then you wanted to move you wanted to try something different
1: what was it well coming back coming back to the awards piece I actually met I had a conversation with Jackie, Jackie Pringle with the UK national contact center awards. And one of your opening points was about getting, getting that, that validation. I think we decided that we wanted to put ourselves up for awards. So I did, I nominated myself uh, and uh, I, I I wrote the submission and I put it in. Not really at, like put yourself out there. Like we said earlier, Yeah, you know, not really expecting anything. And it came back that I'd been shortlisted. I was like, okay. amazing. And I went and had my, had my interview. And I believe it was the last face-to-face interviews that they'd done co-op building in Manchester with Steve Woosey. I caught up with him. And he said, it's the last time we did it. Um, and I ended, up, I ended up getting silver. Went to the awards, got silver. And name went up on screen. And it was streamed on YouTube. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I came back. And almost that external validation kind of it opened the door. It opened my eyes to what potentially was also out there. I'd done 13 years at the same organization. And then the penny dropped in that, do you know what? You need a new challenge. So I kind of started listening. I, li- I started listening to Headhunters, to be honest. And I ended up at Bennington Health. And it's four years ago this month now. And I was at Bennington two weeks before COVID hit. So that was, that was just right in at the deep end. We talk about, like, it's very important to me to be able to meet people, the stakeholder bit, get to know them. It's like, bang, all of a sudden, it's just it's just remote. Everybody, and this was,
0: what, two weeks after you joined? Two weeks
1: after. Yeah. I know. I was like, trying to meet my team, trying to learn the organization, what was the product, what were our challenges, trying to get the seat at the table for your marketing and your HR and your IT. It's like, I had to do all of that. Remotely, so yeah, I, yeah, that was it. Was that was a I look? I look back now and th- again. It was exciting because because it, it was all new. But you look back and you reflect and you think, wow, what a,
0: what what wild ride that was! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. went on and on and on for like two years. We're still riding it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, you're you're very passionate and vocal about how great planning is. And if you were. The people that I, I think our biggest pool of resource, like you say, are on are on the phones or they're the customer facing team members. What what would you say to those people around why planning? Why why would you look to planning as a as a career option? Yeah,
1: it's but but both of the organizations that I've spent most of my career at. It is interesting. People do start on the phones. It is the entry level into the organization, but it's a great opportunity, not just for the planning, they're so close to the product that they can go off and do multiple things. So when I was at the council they call up, calls about highways, roads, we take pothole calls effectively. But with so many people used to go and join highways because they were they were interested within it. With the mm. leaves to go into HR, it's like a good entry level. If you're interested in a call center world, you go team leader and planner. It's like there isn't really that much and then you can kind of build up and go contact center manager. And some people don't want to be a team leader. They don't want hard work. It's a tough job being a team leader and people management. So if you're more interested in, the stats and the mechanics of what actually makes the call center work. And you could see the advisors who were interested in the service level, watching the world go, wild, take another call, take it, get AHT. It's like, there's a natural interest in the mechanics of how all of that works, that, that service level. Absolutely. If you're of that analytical mind and you're interested in the call center and how it works, when you delve under the rock, absolutely planning because it's exciting what what other sort of job is there where you could almost minute by minute see how well you're doing in your job Mm -hmm. because there's a a award pretty much yeah what your performance is yeah of jobs you're like am i doing all right right?" you can see it like it's flash but that you know there's a lot of pressure on some days where you you, you're not quite delivering and you're trying to work out why or you're trying to articulate the reasons potentially why it's a good thing Mm -hmm. um you're not necessarily performing on that day. It's against forecast. It's against the capacity plan. It's where we are. If you have a natural interest in that planning, pl- planning is the is, is the place to be. And I love planners. Like the forum, shout out to the sh- Shout out to the forum. You talk to the yeah, planner, they're great. Everybody is willing to help another planner. I've not met a planner who won't help a planner. The community and we've said, we, we've over the last year set up kind of my own little community for help with workforce management system that we use. Everybody is there to help each other. It's a great, it's a it's a great career. It is a great place to be for those people who
0: want to understand the mechanics of the call center. Here's a question for you that I've been I was like, oh I'm gonna ask Steve this. How can the other functions in the contact center help planners? Not necessarily help uh but what can that, what are the, some of the things that they can do to make everybody work more effectively?
1: I think, I, I think the starting point really is the communication there. You need to understand what the planning role is. Like, oh, my, my wife's like, what do you do? It's like, she, she, she tells people I'm, uh, I'm in, I'm in computer programming and things like that, it's like <laughs> understanding what the role is and the part that you play And so an advisor point of view, you've got the whole power of one concept is like you can, you make a massive difference. This, this is how the forecast works. This is how, this is where you get, you get your schedule that the power of that service level, what that will mean for the business, missing service level can have huge ramifications financially in, in, in some organizations. You've got to be able to try and understand what planners do. And that helps everybody. Then you've got the team leaders. They need to understand. A lot of team leaders will change things on their schedules. There needs to be an understanding of the, the adherence, your occupancy, all of those kind of traditional planning metrics. It's the understanding piece. And a lot of that doesn't get done. You should spend time with your planning team. And also, by the way, going back the other way, if you've not come from the phones or been an advisor, go and sit with the advisors and see what they're ha- having to deal with. And, and the challenges and I'm kind of very empathetic towards the team leaders in particular, cause I will put myself in the shoes of a team leader, having to have a conversation. So it's understanding each other's roles. I'm a big champion of the small contact center. And if you're in a small contact center, it's really easy to do that. You can have conversations. COVID and hybrid working has changed a little bit, trying to make, we, there is a bit of a barrier now, but take the time to have the conversations two way understand what everybody's working towards we've all
0: got our own objectives what are ultimately are are we working towards and you're dead right and let's be honest those barriers that exist now due to hybrid and remote are overcome through effort it's just you have to make maybe more of an effort to go and understand what someone does and develop a relationship that allows you to communicate effectively I, i love that now when you're when you think about where planning is heading and what the future looks like? What, what, what's that for you? It's a good question. I think, I think probably the wider
1: answer is AI, isn't it? Artificial intelligence and, and, and bringing that in because we're a small context center, the future for us is actually, it's not as, it's not as forward thinking as that. It's utilizing the technology that we've got. Um, a couple of years ago, we got a new telephony provider, we got a new a new WFN system, and we are still almost in like your phase two and phase three of utilizing the technology that we've got there. So things like your speech analytics, we're introducing web chat. We're still pretty much, we're 90, 95% telephony based. So we're still almost introducing channels. We're still almost doing the channel migration, self-serve. We've got an app. So we, we as an organization are still in, are still in that space, almost Almost a few years behind where you guess the industry is moving towards with 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 the AI but we're not the o- only organization oh, in this space I was just going to say and I reckon lots and lots and yeah. lots of organizations who were still who were still on that journey, and it's an important journey to go on, so I don't feel like we're behind in any way no, but we're we're still within we're still within that area. Because it all comes down to your business needs and your business requirements and the demographics of our of, of our business. You've got to look at what the customer wants. There's no point introducing kind of the channel migration if the customers don't want to migrate, right? So we're still in that kind of dipping our toe in an educational piece around the channel, the channels that we've got. So we're opening up new channels and opening up different layers of the technology that we've got available to us. That's the, that's the imminent future for us.
0: I love it. And now for you personally, are there more awards? Is is two enough? Are you going for more?
1: I am going for more. So right. when I, when when I when I messaged my wife last year and said I want I, I I want to be winning that, I felt like I had to back that up. So the forum they closed their submissions just before Christmas, and they're currently in they're currently in the judging space for the forum awards, which is at the end of April. And we are we've been shortlisted for small planning team. Congrats! Congrats. So there's three of us. Guys in my team deserve it. I want, to, I, I, want, I want to do it justice to win for them. Mike Crawley and James Leonard are just just incredible. They are, they are the workhorses. They are the team, and I'm just the front. I'd love to win it for them. I'm also up for Resource Planner of the Year, the Resource Planning Manager of the Year. So fingers crossed, Martin. Yes. And then the UK National Contact Center Awards, which is closing mid-February. I'm going to put a submission into that as well because that's where my awards journey started and coming back to my, my like, kind of one of the start put yourself out there
0: yeah i'm if all you... i'm all for it we we don't do it we don't do enough of it and i've seen you know the the impact and it's given us this opportunity to get to know and the opportunity for people listening and watching to get to know you better to get to know and hear and see your passion for uh planning and our industry as a as a whole if you had to end with another tip because one of the, the one of them is put yourself out there but if you had to end for another tip for people out there to just you know make the most of their their career what would it be Do you know what? i'm gonna i'm, I'm gonna focus in on the on
1: on the planning side and um, so we had problems with um trying to solve some issues and it was uh, what i didn't realize it was in it, it was an industry-wide thing with our workforce management provider and there wasn't a community to help us. And talk about the power of the community. And again, they, that team leader community mm-hmm. that you've got. If there isn't a community, set one up. Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention, not it. Famous proverb. Yeah. And there wasn't one. So we set it up. And now we've got multiple customers with our, our own little community and the forum have taken our community on as well. It's kind of what, what we are running alongside each other. Don't sit in isolation. No. So many great people out there, whatever role you're in, get out there on LinkedIn or the call center helper, get to know names, go to the forum events, go to the expo events, meet people, network, set up your own community, solve your problems.
0: And I would add to that just get in touch with Steven, just get in touch and you can help put people in the, in the right place and absolutely love it. I can't, this has been a whistle. It's, it's gone so quick. But I've, I've loved every moment. I wish you and your team all the best for your forthcoming awards. Congrats on the ones you have won. And thanks so much for coming on Get Out A Rap. Thanks for having me, Martin. It's been an
1: absolute pleasure. And you look great, by the way. Look at you. Like, there's less of you since I last saw
0: you, Mark. Looking fabulous. <laughs> less of the wine. And then, oh, is that when it ends?